What's good, everybody? This is Fraternal Football. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. I'll take your word for it. It's it's really not. You know, I tried to find a, an 805, and, and they ran out of those. So Blue Moon it is in a can. Uh, not as Blue Moon in a can. Well, I got a cup of coffee. And, uh, and some blackberries I picked earlier. Interesting. That I will try. Um, so, because I, I, I took a... I took Davis over to a little spot near Mount Baldy, you know, just, just soaking in a little sunshine and some good vibes, you know, dipped our feet in the water. It's a beautiful Sunday, you know, Lord's nice. Day. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I, uh, I was over there and, and some random buff dude is like, hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> There's some blackberries over there. <laughs> I was like, cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, uh. And and we got home and you know, took a quick shower, checking for for ticks and leeches. You know they're out there. Uh, <laughs> leeches? Yeah. You were you were wading through some water or what? We were, we were wading through some water. Yeah, there was a little bit still left. Uh, even through little Davis man in there. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, there there were pond skaters, a lot a lot of bugs, but uh, you know I moved and I I moved a, a log and. I splashed some water into my coffee and I drank it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's another way to make poop, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm getting getting Lyme disease or I'm getting some some creek disease, you know. Well, that's okay. Or some uh, diarrhea. <laughs> some diarrhea, yeah. With you know, we'll try all these blackberries. So. There weren't a lot re- there uh, ready to go. They were thorny. Oh, those are sour. Um, so oh, they're tart. I'm sure wild blackberries. They're, they're tart. They yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy said give them two weeks, but you know. <laughs> mm. well, this episode forty six, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm Zach. I'm <laughs> Cameron. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe not for long. We'll see. <laughs> Just joking. Oh. You want to preach? You want me to do it? We're talking yeah, about Arch yeah, Manning. Yeah. I guess, we'll, yeah, we'll leave off the college ball, of course. See, yeah, I mean, there's actually been a be... lot going on in college ball. It's it's taking the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Actually, this spot is going to be a lot more about college than, than usual. Oh, man. Probably uh, the craziest thing. Like Cameron said, Arch Manning going to Texas of all places. I mean, many thought Alabama or Clemson. I was thinking pretty Clemson. much, you know, or Ole Miss was getting floated around. Texas really wasn't getting floated oh. around like that, as, as at least as far as I know. I don't know if these are the top ones, but Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Virginia are the ones mentioned. Hmm. Mm. I know uh, someone in his family goes to Virginia. It's probably his sister. Is that why? Okay, I I, so. that one seemed like an outlier. Sorry, Virginia. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but I mean, makes sense with uh, Texas going to SEC. That's kind of a, a little bit of foreshadowing for a later topic. But set in a couple of years. With, yeah, I think the same year is the later on discussion. So. <laughs> 
with that being said, Texas is definitely a big brand that has been downtrodden. Some might probably compare that to USC. I, I know I probably would. There's a lot of, a lot of parallels there. And like USC, I mean, they are, Texas already had a five-star prospect. And a whole other guy we'll definitely be talking about uh, this time in draft season uh, next year. But well, his name is Quinn Ewers, but we'll we'll just get we'll stick with Archie. I think Archie's been redshirt for sure. Um, I mean, it just it's the smart move, regardless. I believe usually, typically, because you redshirt, you play two years, and then you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, you leave as a redshirt. Uh, wait, redshirt sophomore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like how Andrew Luck did it. RG3 guys, at least the top prospects are doing that. If not, they're playing as a true freshman and on, but with Quint Ewers there, I think it's, it's probably the right move for redshirt for him. Though, you know, Peyton played all four years. I believe Eli did. Um, I, I'm sure Archie did back in the day. So who knows? There might be some pressure there for them, him to at least get a shot at playing. But I don't know. What do you have to say? Well, he is the number one recruit of the 2023 class. Uh, I know the spotlight's been on him for at least several years now. I've been hearing about him for two or three uh, at the, the bare minimum, probably ever since he got to high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and what the fourth Manning now? Um, that's quite the lineage, a lot to live up to. Uh, there, there's both good and bad in that. It, it's always great to have, uh, I'm sure he has plenty of advice and uh, support and whatnot. Uh, likewise, big shoes pl- to fill. yeah, plenty of pressure on the, the flip side of that. And we'll we'll see where he stands and all that, um, let alone talent-wise. Uh, he was a five-star. <laughs> and a lot of good guys aren't even five-stars, so. Um, mm. Shall we? We actually uh, talked about five-star quarterbacks and their success in the NFL, though, right? We did. We did. We did. Yeah, we breathed that. So, they, obviously, this is not a uh, – I mean, this isn't really to say anything yet. He has never played in the NFL, but as mm-hmm. maybe some uh, statistics show, Davis Mills is starting in the NFL, and he is a five-star high school prospect <laughs> at quarterback. But there has not been a great track record overall. Uh, I think on some websites, Lawrence and Fields were five-star, but some there were four. So they're a little more convoluted than like guys like Mills, Luck, mm-hmm. Hackenberg. Christian Hackenberg was five-star. These guys, you're, there's not a lot of great players there. In fact, a lot of five-star quarterbacks don't even make the NFL or barely play. I believe Jared Stidham was a five-star prospect, number one. He in did say that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, hey, well, Christian Hackenberg like, is the extreme case, but Je- oh, I mean, Josh Rosen. Those scouts, like they, they, this is basically their whole lives. Like, I'm sure they they spend 20 hours a day during watching film and going out to games. But like on the flip side of that, what I think at least I would assume that the farther down the totem pole you go, when you're going from, you know. NFL backwards college to high school like the more you go lower in in the rankings there um, the earlier you're evaluating guys I think it's the hardest because it involves most projection I because they they haven't even come near to peaking yet when when it comes to high school athletes I think they uh, typically the guys who are more further along development with the with usually their physical ability, like whether they're really big for their size, really fast. Um, it matters a lot when it comes to rankings initially. And then it's when they get to college and they're around more alike athletes. It's where we really see them make or break. But with, uh, I think Arch Manning, to me, he actually kind of seems a little smaller hmm. than uh, guys I'm typically used to seeing as like the number one quarterback prospect in the nation. I mean, hell, dude, I remember Deshaun Watson coming out of high school. He's, he's a guy, uh, I believe he was out of South Carolina. That was like six years ago, and dude was big. Like, he was, he was his 6'2", two, two something already. And he went to Clemson and played almost right away. Uh, I just think that Arch Manning isn't really evaluated based on athletic ability because I actually wouldn't. I mean, he's not a bad athlete. I'm sure he I've seen videos of him running away from people. 215. Yeah. But he does look a little slender. I mean, but mm-hmm. then again, guys like Goff and uh, Trevor Lawrence more recently look pretty slender out there. So I don't think that's much to do with it. To me, I think they're going a lot on the pedigree, but that, that kind of bodes well in my opinion because it means he's definitely had the right the right idea and the right mindset drilled into him at a very young age i mean clearly um, yeah so to me it doesn't seem like his five-star rating as opposed to some other guys in the past is so much based on how further along he is physically than other players but more of the mental side of things yeah uh, that's actually a, a really underrated aspect i don't think a lot of people will point out um, mm-hmm. It matters to have the, the right people in that scenario. And a lot of, I think, NFL careers flame out, even college careers flame out because guys are on the right support system. So, yeah, yeah. I would agree. And uh, just to answer your earlier question, um, 2025 is when Texas is slated to debut in the SEC. And if Arch Manning redshirts, he will debut more than likely that year. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it all lines up perfectly. <laughs> um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that happens a little sooner with uh, Texas and Oklahoma playing in the SEC. I feel like that could be uh, set forward a year, possibly. Mm. I think the, the USC, UCLA to the Big Ten could too. But if they just yeah. play next year and say, eh. We'll move Why now. not? What's what are we waiting for? <laughs> they already negotiated that in, in semi secrecy, so 
yeah. <laughs> who's to say um speaking of that leads us in our next topic you want to leave us off with those the probably biggest news we've had in a long i mean this whole off season since the draft football wise yeah. uh and I, I think we all got blindsided a bit by this one. Unfortunately, it seems even the, the Pac-12 uh, director or whoever, the guy who runs it even was. I think he, I heard he was on vacation <laughs> uh, when this news broke. So bummer for him. But you see USC and UCLA moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten in 2024. That is two years from now, tentatively. Uh, that broke what a couple days ago, June thirtieth. It's July third. Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah. Um. I, it, on first thought, wow. <laughs> uh, it seems like the Big Ten is trying to compete with the SEC a little bit. Is a thought I just thought of right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And college realignment's just getting real nuts. <laughs> Are we even gonna? There, does the Power Five even exist anymore? I don't. I don't even think so. It's gonna be like the Power Two or Three. Uh, power maybe, Two, I'd big, say. Yeah, it's the Power Two. Big two. I, <laughs> I don't even think the Big Twelve's gonna stick around. We'll see. Um, Pac Twelve says they're looking to expand now. <laughs> That's if they can keep Oregon and Washington, maybe, hell, maybe even Utah. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, it, I initially I was a bit negative on this, and I still kind of am. I, I, I think it's a lot about the money. Uh, you could say a cash grab if you want to be of that opinion uh, by USC, UCLA, and Big Ten. Um. You could also argue from their perspective that Pac-12 is a sham, uh, and somewhat rightly so. We look somewhat down upon that conference or have in recent years, just because they they can't compete with the SEC, even the top Big Ten teams. Um, it's just not the same league. Almost, it's like watching uh, soccer in Europe. You got the Premier League top teams and all that and then you get everybody else uh there's just not the same level of parity and it seems like they're more akin to creating a, a sort of super league or two or super conference or two uh whether it's just prestige we'll see um if that's really the big 10 same and if that's what you know maybe you usc and ucla are are consistently better maybe they're not uh, anyways, the Big Ten is nationwide now. Like they, what recruiting bed outside of Texas do they not have a hand in now? I mean, Ohio State kind of was getting top players in California already. But exactly. Now they have both of the California teams. I was thinking, why the heck UCLA, right? But you know, why not just monopolize Southern California while you're at it and take both? I think the like travel is just such an insignificant problem at this point when there's significant money involved, especially like we know that the big 10 prioritizes their football budget and Mm -hmm. they are, they lean really heavy on TV deals for the big 10 network. It's not just not the same for the PAC 12 and 
UCLA, I mean, I, I should lead with USC and UCLA, obviously coming as a package deal makes a ton of sense. Um, you really couldn't have one without the other in a move like this. And despite USC having more of a um, greater history in football, UCLA is also very uh, iconic uh, as a brand. So I think the Big Ten getting both of them is definitely uh, their kind of stance against the SEC move of getting Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, mm-hmm. literally four of the biggest brands in college football decided to jump into different conferences. It's kind of unprecedented well, ever. Yeah, no, and it makes me think who's next. I, I could totally see Clemson jumping into the SEC, Oregon mm-hmm. heading towards the Big, 12, Big Ten. Florida State. Or, Florida State possibly going to SEC. I could see Miami joining the Big Ten, maybe, uh-huh. maybe even the SEC. Who knows? I mean, I they're like a, there's a slight less prestige of like like the USC UCLA argument. They're just not as relevant, but still, they've had a moment. Uh, and I I think I there's part of me that says this is really gonna ruin. Uh, smaller programs like the Mac, mm-hmm. the Mountain West, like even Fresno the State for the Big Ten. Dude, I mean the Big Twelve, they're probably the biggest losers of all of this. I mean it just but at the same time, I I like that the stakes are actually higher when where it matters. Mm. Because I think, well, now that USC, who, let's be honest, with the moves they made, we expect them to be pretty good. And just their first year with Lincoln Riley, obviously Ohio State's always good. UCLA has some pretty good players. Chip Kelly's been getting them going. And Michigan, of course, with Jim Harbaugh. That that seems like a very competitive Big Ten. Uh, we can't forget Michigan State, who's really good as well. Uh-huh. Um and Iowa so like that seems competitive it seems interesting like just adding those two fresh teams in a conference like that it's going to get it really rolling I know uh, they're not are they joining as soon as next year or is it 2024 but I mean like they might kind of expect them to be sooner (laughs) You know, I could see it happening after a year instead of two. When the SEC all finally comes together with two of the biggest Midwest brands in college football history, if not the biggest in Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma, who definitely has some kind of chip on their shoulder in Texas with all the media buzz from Arch Manning. It just, it's actually really interesting compared to last couple of years of college football at least i say from a mainstream perspective objectively mm-hmm. so i'm i'm excited about it i'm very excited um just to put a figure to it um the i i found i shared this with you uh from usa today uh the most recent payouts to the pac-12 member schools uh, fell from 33.6 million, I, I'm assuming per 
uh, in 2020 to 19.8 in 2021. And that quote was the lowest among the power five by a significant margin. So they, the Pac-12 really doesn't spend yeah, <laughs> on their school. They really like they, just there's don't not a lot of money football. Um, And I will say in part, uh, I don't know if it's, it's a little bit of a sellout. I, like, I don't know if that's really great for the students. Like, they're clearly not prioritizing that aspect or prioritizing the football. Um, though that, that's just inevitably going to happen hey, oh, anyway. So I would have said that in years past, but now I feel like if you're going to a program like USC, you're going to a program like UCLA or uh, Ohio State, the majority of the players there are probably at least three-star recruits. Like they expect some sort of tryout maybe at the NFL level in okay, one way or another. Yeah. I mean, I'd say at least, this, at least the starters and maybe a few bench players. Mm-hmm. And so for That's the other fair athletes, point. It, maybe for about half the roster, it is a pretty big damper mm-hmm. on, with maybe the travel and whatnot. But I, I mean, I guess if they're not explicitly in playing time, they probably have at least a little more free time. Maybe the starters do, who are getting at this point next to NFL level coaching and practice time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's not as big a deal as we may think. But I know, I mean, only time will tell with that. Really, that's kind of a a new thing with all these really wide travel schedules now. Uh, the other the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, I don't know if you saw the little, little tweet storm afterwards is quite uh, quite funny I don't know if I I might have shared a couple of those uh, if I could find them one of them was was quite humorous it, it said you know it's just what what college football needed Iowa versus UCLA in a snowstorm in November yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like those guys are gonna have to go back east and and face some real some real rough weather, and, and, and that's that not true. end all be all, but like it's gonna be an adjustment in, in many ways. Um, oh, and of course, you know the the Reaper going to each conference, and and the ACC is apparently next. I could I could see that <laughs> as soon as Clemson and Florida State go, it's it's over. Um, the ACC does seem like they're parallel to the Big Twelve more than anything. I was gonna say the the bit the next Big East. So sure. I mean, I I don't know if the ACC would just dissolve like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just know. think it would probably lose its top top members, possibly. Like uh, I mean definitely comes in Florida State and I think Miami might just carry along because of the brand but even that might be a stretch they might be left out uh no. kind of like Oklahoma State possibly yeah all things um, are are fair in an arms race here <laughs> yeah yeah because Miami just hasn't lived up to the hype and I know they had a pretty splashy hire with Cristobal he's a former alum I'm pretty sure might give um, him a chance yeah, we'll and see. you know, but I think 
before anything significant happens there, they're probably going to be the uh, third step after Clemson and possibly Florida State. I mean, Clemson for sure seems just likely to move. Um, maybe Florida State lingers, who knows? But if I, if I was a betting man, I'd say Clemson's almost guaranteed an SEC uh, chance, considering their other uh, state brethren in South Carolina is already in the SEC as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just nuts. Like, even uh, like there, there's no, no holding back anymore. They allegedly had like a, a handshake agreement between the, the Big 12 and, or I'm sorry, Big 10 and Pac 12 commissioners. Like, oh, we won't poach your guys. And <laughs> well, <laughs> not quite happening, but, or it is happening. Uh, so it's, you know, chips are on the table. I expect more moves. Uh, realignment might just get crazy. They better get ready with that NCAA game coming out. They're going to switch everybody around. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, apparently the, the Pac-12 is, is extremely surprised and disappointed. Bummer for them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what that maybe they're the, the pack 10 now and we got the big 16 you know yeah. <laughs> they said they're gonna, um, they want to go up to 16 teams just a few more maybe Oregon Oregon's part of that I wouldn't be surprised watch Oregon Washington outside chance Utah we'll see um, they're like the, they're like the Minnesota the pack 12 <laughs> so we did have a uh, one signing, right? We did have one signing. A late signing. Would you like, would you like to lead us off of that? Or not uh, lead us off, finish us off, I suppose. <laughs> Scary Terry. That's right. Terry McLaurin. Very cool name, either way. You should just, you know, have two names. Uh, three years, I believe 71 million. I'm saying off of memory because I thought it was here and I, I don't seem to have it. Um, yes. Okay. I'm checking it is farther down the article here. Three years, 71 million, 28 signing bonus. That is the largest for a receiver. I'm not sure what, by what metric or means. Is it largest all at once? Is it largest uh, in, in one, like in one year or, or total over a contract? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, you got a hefty signing bonus. I, I'm assuming because his contract is 74, 76, some, some like that, three quarters guaranteed, basically. Uh, and they just want to give him the rest that's not guaranteed in the form of a signing bonus right now rather than take the cap it later on. Um, in any way, it's been for the 76 overall pick. Uh, in 2019, Ohio State, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, another one of those Ohio State guys. Uh, third round, one of the better receivers in the league, top 20. Uh, Definitely. Has oh. been very consistent. 2,000 uh, seasons. Oh, uh, are you going to throw me under the bus on that? Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I, I think I saved this. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> Uh, Maybe I didn't save the piece of paper. 
Um, you got a list of all? Yeah, I think I remember it. Mm-hmm. I oh, <laughs> it's right here. I know it's time. I put it in the book. Sorry, what is it? Okay. Oh no. Okay. Aaron, well, it's great. Sorry, it's great. Very good. No, he deserved the money. Very much deserved. What he, he has got paid? Thousand and ninety yards. Fourteenth most. Two hundred twenty-three receptions. For not for having Taylor Heineke and and honestly, who cares who else? Okay, Cameron, do you want to do you want to shout out say your prediction before I get into why I think that right. is a terrible um, prediction? <laughs> all right, my hot take is that um, Allen Robinson on the Rams is going to be a top ten at least receiver this year. <laughs> And I went as far as initially to say top five, but I, I will retract that and say top 10 <laughs> receiver okay. in 2022 to 23 with the Rams. And so I trying to think, I because I just didn't feel that like shot me down. Serious. And I decided that I would think of every receiver that I thought was better than Allen Robinson, at least by next season. And so this isn't any particular order, um, but all of these receivers, these are guys that I would take over Allen Robinson next year. Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, (laughs) Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Moore, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Mike Thomas, if he's healthy and on the field, uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, I'd probably throw in Tyler Lockett as well. Uh, Maybe T. Higgins, uh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, Although he is getting around this area, um, those are all the receivers, at least that I personally think will be more impactful than Allen Robinson. How many? I like Allen Robinson. That that if I don't count the last like couple who I said were similar, like Hunter Infro and uh, T Higgins, we can round up. That w- that would be nineteen. <laughs> so that means at best. Alan Robinson is it like wide receiver number 20 to me. And don't get me wrong, it is a very stacked position across the league. And he really is a very is. good player. He is he is a great player. And I liked him a lot all the way from his days in Penn State. But you know, I he is especially on a team where there's a guy that soaks up a ton of targets and Kubrick up. So I just think the floor is a little a little limited for him this year. Who knows, though? It's okay. Koopa takes a step back. Allen gets targets. Yeah. I mean, who knows, though? Rather be proven wrong and a player do better than, than them just suck. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you listed all this. <laughs> but, but, but my as point soon is... As I said that, Zach was like, I'm going to write a list right now and then I'm going to list it name by name on the podcast. <laughs> and I just all, reminded him. 
Terry, Scary Terry deserves his money. I know he is kind of the latest of the overinflated, kind of semi-short deals. We're really seeing only three to four year deals. And a lot of them have been three years, it seems like. But they're mm-hmm. pretty pricey. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like the wide receiver market is booming. That's the new big trend. Some may say that's due to Christian Kirk, but I'd argue that was probably already coming. It was uh, delayed, yeah. Yeah. It, and with the emphasis that has been put on receiver impact, I think this was kind of bound to happen. But always, of course, I, I think Terry's worth the money. Would I have liked to see him go on a team that is not Washington? Hell yeah. <laughs> because, oh, let's, I mean, Washington's not that exciting to watch. I'm sorry, Washington fans, but it's this just is the case. Yeah, he is like the only draw. Maybe if we want to, for Eagles fans who just want to see Wentz burn, we'd watch him. But I'm going to be honest, uh, Washington Commanders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. There's not a big draw there for me. Uh, Terry's now fifth, or one, two, three, four, sixth in uh in contract value, you know, among receivers. You know, and he he may not necessarily be the sixth best receiver in the league at least right now. Uh, that would be definitely very debatable. Um. Mm-hmm. But I think he it has that kind down. of ceiling. He's still very young. Get new contracts. Yeah, he's still very young. There's always a chance that they lucked into a good quarterback. Maybe once finally finds his mojo, ten million years later, <laughs> it's a hot dog costume. Yeah, I mean, Wentz arguably might be his most talented quarterback that he's had. So we could see another level from him, possibly. Um. I know that's not saying a ton, considering Taylor Heineke might have been that before Wentz arrived. <laughs> but hey, it's nowhere but up. Hey, but um, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's a lot of like, and I understand why they wouldn't let him go. My my only thing is, I would have just liked to see him with a more successful organization. But you know. I, I wouldn't turn down that kind of money either, and I'll, I don't think he should have. It's always the, the trick, right? Like, like we'd like to see him go and have success somewhere and not honestly just not really watch Washington games. Uh, unless they're exciting. We, we picked them to make playoffs, right? Maybe they're exciting this year. Uh, but they haven't been. And so that's part of it. But also, you know, maybe – it's the money. Maybe it's also that he feels like that's his home. Um, could you know, like a, like a Dame Lillard scenario. Not saying he's of that much impact, but you know, it doesn't leave. Uh, th- there's a lot that goes into this, but I mean, it seemed like it, like the almost like the Pac-12 thing. <laughs> like uh, all I saw was, oh, they're far apart. They're far apart. Boom, deal gets made. So. Uh, Maybe it was that guaranteed money that, that gave that put him over the top, but 
uh, I enjoy watching him. I don't think he's peaked yet, uh, even after cracking a thousand yards a couple times. Um, I, and he's what twenty five or twenty six. Dude's pretty good. He's gonna be good for a while. And uh, you know, this bright spot in the East. Yeah. No. I mean. I think a lot of the tension is going to the Eagles and rightfully so for the Cowboys, considering they're the, the reigning division champs. But Washington seems to me like they've just improved. I mean, they didn't really take uh, a big leap back and it didn't seem like they lost any super significant players. I mean, I'm sure they had some losses, of course, some additions, namely Carson Wentz, who – Let's be honest, it's going to be a better than Taylor Heineke. So, yeah, definitely, as much as we crap on Carson Wentz. Yeah, so I, I, I like Terry's future. He doesn't feel like a guy uh, like Debo, for example, a guy who Karen and I have been very vocal about, may have already peaked. Uh, he, there's not as much competition for Terry to really soak up targets like that. Like, he is the guy there. Devo kind of feels like it's a it's always a race between an assortment of characters in San Francisco to get that top dog spot. So definitely. Um I don't think that's true for Terry in Washington. And you know, I, I think the future is bright for him. I think t- being paid number six in the league eventually when more guys are getting paid. I think that contract's going to age very well, and he'll probably exceed that value at some point. So I really like that deal. I think by the end of that contract, he, he definitely won't be like top six paid, and he'll probably be exceeding that production. He's already borderline oh, top ten. So I mean, it's like the – it's not like the Mahomes deal, but it, it's a little like the Mahomes deal. Uh, where we're, you know, at first glance, oh, holy shit, he's getting like, what, like 50 mil or something. But by the time you're halfway through, like 10 other guys are going to get paid. You're going to be like 12. Like, you're not going to be the number mm-hmm. one guy at that point. So the market's going to keep shifting up. The, the thing rate. about the Mahomes deal, though, is it did partially lead to them having to let Tyreek go, considering yeah, they didn't have enough to pay him what he they, was worth at that point. They chose to replace him in aggregate. They could which, have kept them and just had which, less other guys. But given the track record of most other teams, uh, I don't. We don't. There's no. There's no history of that being successful. Typically, we'll usually find out. We're not usually player or teams acquire proven talent like. For example, the 2013 Broncos bringing in Wes Walker. It's not like they lost a guy like that. You know, hey, we're um, in a new era. We're, we're in an uh, era where if you have an elite quarterback, you strip your wide receiver room to the, to the bare bones. And if you have a okay to semi pretty good quarterback, you, you load up. The Rams bringing in OBJ to replace a guy. You could say because Stafford's not top ten, but like the Packers, on the other hand, they're like, "Well, Rodgers can make the most of nothing, so we'll just trade Devontae." 
I'm more hesitant when it comes to Patrick Mahomes because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is a field general uh, mm-hmm. in the shortest term or the most simple answer, but he's mm-hmm. the most calculated. I guess it depends what you consider Tom Brady, but I consider Tom Brady above everyone else and not for comparison. So yeah, that's not fair. Aaron Rodgers, aside from obviously Tom Brady, but like I said, not worth mentioning because he is an outlier, uh, is the best, like, most calculated field general. And I just don't see that same kind of mentality from Mahomes. Mahomes, to me, is more of a far vast gunslinger, like, attempting crazy shots. And at a certain point, that requires a significant amount of talent around you. I mean, they didn't let go Travis Kelsey, who definitely, in my opinion, is a way more impactful player than even Tyreek Hill. So I think that's the right choice. Even at a later age, yeah. Yeah. I think that part is the right choice, but I don't think letting Tyreek Hill go is – they're not going to match his production, let's say. I I would just be very surprised if they just match the level of fear that Tyreek Hill puts in another team's defense – the mental mm-hmm. aspect of it that let's Juju doesn't scare teams guy is more of a grab and grow out of the slot, like a bigger slot receiver akin to like a Jarvis Landry Scantling has had his issues even with a guy like Rogers, who is probably more accurate than Mahomes. I'd say on any given day, just in terms of ball placement. So it's not like that's taking a leap and, uh, Sky Moore is a rookie and unproven. And I was seeing them do drills together. I know I sent you a video of it. But he was an underthrowing like too, right? Yeah, we haven't uh, <laughs> seen it on the field yet. And a guy like Tyreek Hill is probably one of the most dynamic players we've ever seen in the league. So, well, it's not, I just don't yeah. think it's that simple to replace. I think Tyreek's not going to struggle or is going to struggle more or less due to his situation as well. But then again, like Tyreek is more dependent on the quarterback. Hmm. It's, but well, it's I, what I, you do after the catch that differentiates, differentiates him from whatever the Chiefs tried to replace him with. I've been saying if it, it might be fine for the Chiefs, but if they're going to need him for – like that play in Buffalo where you're throwing a crosser with 13 seconds left, you're not and you don't have him now, you're not going to get that. So if it comes down to that, it's going to burn him. But if it doesn't, it might just escape. You know, and you know, the thing is, like, Tyreek Hill is a very Andy Reid-esque receiver. I mean, if you look at the history of the Eagles teams, T.O. is kind of an outlier in terms of, like, a big physical receiver that they've had because – Andy Reid really, and at least, like, I'm sure Howie drafted guys that Reid wanted because, obviously, they, they needed to fit their scheme. But there was guys like Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, mm-hmm. um, like, several guys where it's just shifty, smaller. Um, guys they wanted to get in space, Nelson Aguilar, or was he? I don't think yes. he was still there for that. Oh, um, uh, but maybe not, it, but he fit the mold. He fit the mold, and it was from an organization that's heavily influenced by Reed because I know Howie and him 
definitely were working together for a long time together. And none of the receivers really on the Chiefs roster fit that mold, in my opinion. Like, Sky Moore might be the closest, and even that kind of feels like a stretch because we just don't know. Yeah. There's not really that Deshaun Jackson breakaway speed guy. And Tyree Kill was that. Like, he really was. I mean, you can even talk about how uh, Chiefs with Reed were the ones who brought Jeremy Macklin over from the Eagles when he was a free agent, bringing his own guys, that type of archetype. He really likes it. And, uh, like, guys like Demarcus Robinson – McCall Hardman, they like they constantly draft the smaller, shiftier, better in space receivers. I don't really see a lot of that left on their roster right now. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm the more and more I look at this Chiefs receiving score, receiving core, I'm I'm not sold. I initially thought there was a lot of value in those uh moves and now, more or less, I am starting to get more weary on them. Oh, they're going to struggle. That that's, seems almost certain, as much as things in the NFL are certain. Uh, they're not. But I, I will say that um, just not, not to – just to take a broader view of it in that the quarterbacks that – win multiple Super Bowls that are good for are great actually for a really long time are the guys that can continually adjust to their own game over the years and Mahomes is now at that point where he's adjusting from uh like like he was good really great for a while and then they threw that two deep high that sort of coverage and they, they slowed him down last year and now he has to adjust to their to the NFL's adjustments, like for the second time now, uh, or the first time, I guess. <laughs> uh, he has to get into his second gear, and so that comes along at a time where he's also, you know, if you're a lo- around long enough, you also have different groups of guys, core guys that you have to win with, and the guys that can win with multiple groups of core guys aka the Brady's you know um I'm sure there's other good examples of guys who the Mannings uh those guys if you if Mahomes wants to be great like those guys he's got to adjust this game over and over and over in response to NFL-wide adjustments to him and also at the same time now he's being confronted with having to do it with another core group of guys with with Kelsey in the mix still but it like that's just what you have to do it, it's you, you just can't like I I'm weary too but you, at the end of the day you just gotta do it <laughs> I don't know if it'll work for Tyree Hill you know on his end as much but I mean Mahomes and the Chiefs and those receivers just gotta figure it out and make it work and, uh, you know, Super Bowl bound this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we kind of got I'm, to it, right? But, I'm choosing you know. Bucks, uh, Bucks Chiefs again, just third year in a row. We're, we're shoving it down everybody's throats. <laughs> and uh, any other topics you wanted to discuss? Well, it's kind of a slower news week overall, but 
Aside I don't have any big one. I have a take home point that's unrelated. Okay. <laughs> and and that would be a, a PSA to do not touch poison oak. I found some today and I was like, what is that plant with red splotches on it growing out of the rocks by the river? This poison oak. Don't touch it. I really wanted to, but you shouldn't. <laughs> so. That's my take-home message from this episode. Don't touch poison oak, folks. <laughs> yeah, don't touch it. It looks cool. You want to, don't do it. Yeah, because it's uh, like, you know, you look at it and you're like, is it really? Like, don't. <laughs> uh, take, a little take-home. Yeah, with that, guys, we will catch you next week. Peace. Check us out on Instagram at Fraternal Football Podcast. Twitter coming soon. We're getting a social media presence going. Also, we are on like eight different podcasting services, including Spotify, which you're most likely listening to, Apple Podcasts now, Stitcher, uh, like five more. Check us out on a variety. Uh, We got stickers everywhere. Slide into our DMs on social media. Engage. Maybe you want to be on the show. Let us know. We're out there and we're available. Also, if you like the content you hear in this podcast, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. If there's ability to rate, go ahead and give us all those stars. We appreciate you for it. This episode is brought to you by HowToPest. Go to howtopest.com for your pest control needs. They're absolutely crushing it. What are you waiting for? This has been Fraternal Football. Cam and Zach signing off.